Hello and welcome to Whitley Penn Talks. Uh, this is John Williamson, and with me again is Jesus Vega, here to talk all matters cybersecurity. Now, we've done some series in this podcast before um, that's focused on cybersecurity awareness. Uh, many of us know that cybersecurity is a very in demand job. In fact, a recent study was put together indicating that there was a worldwide labor shortage of 3.1 million cybersecurity professionals. Um, now, if you look at North America, the shortage looks like it's about 376,000 um, short on cybersecurity professionals. So um, it's clearly an in-demand need. If you look at the labor market in general, I think most companies are aware that cybersecurity is becoming a very omnipresent risk and we need people who know what they're doing uh, to help mitigate and address this risk. So first what I'd like to do is go over just our backgrounds. Um, I thought we'd get maybe a little bit personal and I'm going to start by asking Jesus his story on how he got into cybersecurity. Jesus? Uh, thanks, John. Um, yeah, the first thing that I want to mention is if you're looking for a career change, uh, anything that has to do with IT right now is a field that is growing. There, there's a high demand for people who know how to tinker with computers, how to um, address computer issues from the user perspective, from the security perspective. I mean, it, it's a negative unemployment rate right now for anything related to IT. Um, I got into IT uh, a little bit by design and into compliance by accident. I graduated from the University of Texas at El Paso many, many moons ago uh, as a computer information systems um, and a second bachelor's in management. My intent back then was to be in networking. Um, however, when I graduated, the first job that I got was a help desk. The help desk position I obtained because during my tenure at the university, I was able to obtain an internship at a local hospital and thinking that it was going to be like the TV uh, show where I was going to be doing cool stuff and, you know, typing away on computers like, oh, hacker-like. Uh, my first day at the internship, I was told to unbox 100 computers that were shipped in a pallet. Uh, so that was my introduction to, to internship in IT. However, that uh, support uh, internship led me to understand hands-on working in the help desk, supporting end users, uh, working with inventory, securing inventory. Um, and then after six months, um, the internship ended uh, and I got a glowing reference letter from the folks on the, uh, the hospital. Unfortunately, I didn't have any openings at the time, so I ended up finding a different job as a help desk support person. My first job was supporting Saturn uh, dealerships. The, the If you ever bought a Saturn when Saturn existed, yes, I'm getting myself. <laughs> um, the forms for the bank and all the finances went through an AS400 and the folks in finances never had any issues with those forms. They would call the help desk, which was a team that I work with. And we tried to resolve those issues from technical, the form is processing correctly to very basic, like the printer jam, so very, uh, level one. Thereafter, um, that was a fun job. However, I started kind of looking for more of a hands-on, not fun support help desk, and then I'm finding a uh, job in El Paso in a, uh, as a federal contractor in a, a location in Fort Bliss, a uh, military post in El Paso, for those who don't know, uh, where I was supporting a, a, an office with about 500 users. And that was a very fun job because it was, 
everything from my computer is not responding to going to the user's desk and figure out what was happening. Uh, sometimes it was something silly, like the computer was uh, unplugged to sometimes it being something serious like network outages. And so I, I had my, my hands on troubleshooting and user issues, system issues, a little bit of everything. Uh, that led me to start working with the administrators of the same entity where through time in the help desk, I became a supervisor for a help desk of three people. Then I ended up being promoted into a system administration position. It sounds fun. However, uh, my first day as a sysadmin, I was told, here's your uh, roadmap for implementing a compliance checklist for, for the federal desktop core configuration. Back then, that's what the, the, the contractor's computers had to abide by. Go ahead and implement it. By the way, please don't break anything. So, so that's why I meant that I was uh, uh, guided into compliance more or less by accident because my pad was networking, administration of servers, that kind of stuff. But because of the government pushing that mandate, I was tasked to implement that. I actually enjoyed it a lot, you know, implementing those controls that were very uh, compliance driven, they were specific. You have to have a timeout on your computer screen. You have to have minimum password requirements, that kind of stuff. It was not, it was not too complicated, but it was also like anything on computers. There's always a, a room for causing some havoc, which I may or may have not brought down the site a couple of times. I'm not going to admit to that. <laughs> uh, but that said, it was uh, uh, all of these components that we're doing and changes that we're doing were approved by management. So. At that point, I was working a lot with the compliance office itself from that uh, contracting position uh, and the government uh, compliance officer. So through time, I, be, I, I developed a relationship with them because every time that we needed to make a change, you know, I'll give you a simple example. Hey, we have antivirus, but it's not running full scans every week. We need to do full scans every week based on this compliance framework. So I would have to get their approvals to do it. So we started building a relationship to the point that they said, by the way, we're losing one of our compliance officers. We would like you to apply for that position. And I did. And I ended up becoming a compliance uh, uh, person for that federal entity. My title was security analyst. I believe that was the official title, which was basically the same thing that I was doing. I was still managing those security tools, implementing the ones that we needed. I was just doing it under a different umbrella of compliance, not as an administrator. But the, the role transposed as same responsibilities to a different title. Mm. The, this was in El Paso. Um, at that time, personal life happened, got married. My wife and I decided to expand our horizons and look for jobs outside El Paso. And we ended up finding jobs here in the Metroplex where I became a uh, security analyst. That was the official title, which was a security engineer by description because I was managing compliance tools, file integrity monitoring, so, uh, antivirus protection, um, basically all of those fancy tools that compliance are requiring. I was uh, managing uh, or responsible for the operations of those tools. So uh, I always liked compliance um, and you know, after working on, on that location for four years, I decided that I wanted to get more into management and mm -hmm. I decided to start looking for horizons. And here I am, a, a manager in the IT audit pro, uh, team. I get to boss people around. I don't get to be bossed around like I used to be. 
which of course is always fun, but I really made the change to um, IT audit here with Japan because of the compliance aspect. I've always enjoyed looking for that component of how can we improve, how can we secure, and how can we assure that we're meeting our requirements. So, so here's my leading question for you, Jesus, and I'm pretty sure there's only one right answer, but what's been your favorite thing to do? What's your favorite role that you've had? Uh, my favorite role has been the compliance pro- uh, portion of it since I was the federal contractor um, and doing the compliance. That was my favorite position and it's very egocentric for me to say why, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to share it with our listeners. I like to go and ask people, why are you doing it that way? And then whenever I find an issue, just tell them to fix it and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's uh, kind of the, that's the brilliance of, of, of being an auditor or a consultant is you can tell them what's wrong, but it's their responsibility to fix it. That is correct. That yeah. was the best part. But if we take the jokes out of the equation, the, 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 the best part of compliance is when you finish the project and you realize that everything was implemented and the organization you help has achieved compliance based on their framework they're trying to achieve there's a cell, uh, um, a sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. that uh, I did not obtain those uh, fulfillment uh, uh, experiences when I was doing administration, implementing technology. I mean, it was uh, fulfilling, don't get me wrong. However, the, the compliance part was something that I personally find enjoyable. Yeah, and I, I think bottom line is, is that you're helping your clients achieve something, right? And so there's a lot of value in that. Correct. Well, so so that's Jesus's background, and thank you for sharing with us. I'm, I'm going to share just a little bit of my background, which is probably going to be less impressive. Um, but you know, I'm I eventually became kind of a cybersecurity guy. But if you look at the the path towards getting into this profession, you know, I'm essentially a musician turned CPA turned cybersecurity guy, and it seems like a really kind of awkward path to getting to where I am today. Um, and, and it was. So um, I, coming out of high school, I was an orchestral musician, trumpet player. Um, I found that I had some success in that. Uh, and I decided that it was a good idea not to get one but two degrees in music performance. So I went to SMU and Rice, um, both as an orchestral trumpeter, um, um, basically a music performance degree. So I received my bachelor's and master's from those two institutions. Um, from that point forward, I tried my hand at becoming a professional musician. Um, I had some moderate success. I didn't land the job that I was hoping to land. I played on a contract basis with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra, Houston Symphony Orchestra, and I also taught part-time. So um, I played uh, on a contract basis with a lot of orchestras throughout the state. I taught a lot of kids. I taught middle school. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. I loved working with middle school kids, a time in their life when they were just learning what irony is. It was just absolutely fantastic. However, at that time I was married and uh, we wanted to have some kids, right? We ended up having five kids, um, which is a pretty high count. And we decided, you know, it would be really good to find a profession that had a steady paycheck. At that time, my father was a CPA. I wanted to get into accounting. Um, and then I enrolled at UT Dallas. Well, UT Dallas has really a phenomenal internal audit program and that steered me into this profession. So right out of school, I was hired by Whitley Penn and I've been a Whitley Penn lifer. So I've been with the firm for almost 11 years now. It's been absolutely fantastic. I love the sense of community, of entrepreneurship, 
Um, and I think we're really a solid set of advisors that help our clients reach their goals, just as Jesus said. When I started, uh, SOX 404, Sarbanes-Oxley, was a really big part of our profession in risk advisory. We were coming right off the Enron scandal, MCI WorldCom, and SOX 404 was just, it was a really, really uh, prominent part of what it is that we did. As you move through the timeline, you can see that information technology risk has really incorporated itself into what we do as CPAs. You know, for a long time as auditors, our responsibility was to assess internal controls as a part of an audit. Well, as companies began processing data electronically, outsourcing some of the data processing to third party organizations, technology risk became a really big area for CPAs. You know, sometimes I'm asked this question, you know, CPAs are, are selling our services as cybersecurity experts. Um, and then the question I get is, well, why CPAs? It doesn't make sense to me that accountants are doing this. Are we experts at cybersecurity? I think that's debatable. We have some expertise, but what we're really experts at is risk and controls. And this is where we can help. So as a part of, of the audit practice, there was a greater need for assurance over cybersecurity. And then that's where CPAs began to fit in. So with the growth of SOC reporting, um, that's been a really big practice area for us. I think, you know, we've done a separate podcast on this, but SOC 2 reporting, um, the demand for that has increased 50% over the last two years. Um, so we're seeing just a tremendous amount of demand in the market for it. Um, and I think it's also just a natural offshoot of our ability to provide consulting services, address risk, um, and then a big a big part of risk for an organization is cybersecurity risk. So my varied path began with musician, then transferred to CPA, and now a CPA that's practicing cybersecurity along with Jesus. So it's been extremely rewarding. Um, and I, I, I think just whether you want to be on the front lines in security, whether you want to work compliance, or in my case, as an auditor, there are a lot of career opportunities for you in this field. So. Before we wrap up, I do want to cover just a couple of things regarding certification. Uh, we know that certification is really important in any profession to demonstrate that you've got the skill set, knowledge, and credentials to get a particular job done. Um, we're going to go over just a couple of them. The first one I'm going to ask Jesus to provide an overview of, and that is CISSP which stands for Certified Information Systems Security Professional. Asus, can you, can you give us an overview of CISSP and what that means? Uh, that certification is managed by ISC Squared. That stands for International Information Systems Security Certification Consortium. It's a muscle. Which by, I've never used the full term. It's always just ISC Squared. I right? had to bring a cheat sheet and remember what that is, <laughs> even though I'm certified by them. However, what, what they... Um, what certification, what the CSSP has that is different from our certifications, this is a worldwide recognized certification. Um, so that's, they follow the, the ISO standards to make sure that when you certify, they accept it across the world. Um, the CSSP certification itself is a study of multiple domains, um, uh, security and risk management, asset security, security architecture, communication, and network security. 
identity access management, security assessment and testing operations, and lastly, software development uh, security. These uh, domains uh, are the current domains that you will have to understand and master if you're going to uh, go after the certification. The curriculum that they have was updated in 2021 and is scheduled to be updated again in 2024. Every so often they will revisit the subjects to make sure that the certification maintains um, uh, information that's relevant to today's world. Okay, oh, that's great. And so I, I've often viewed CISSP as a really valuable certification, particularly for those that are security engineers, analysts, those that are more or less on the front lines managing the security profile of an organization. I'm going to shift then and, and move over to CISA or CISA, uh, which stands for Certified Information Systems Auditor. So this is an audit designation. It's administered by ISACA. So I think this is the last acronym I'm going to read. Information Systems Audit Control Association. So that's what ISACA stands for. Um, it's long been a very valuable certification for IT auditors to hold. And it's been a, a very premier certification um, administered by that organization. Um, very useful for those of you that are in internal audit, IT audit, or any particular aspect of audit in the public accounting firm that addresses IT risk. I'm gonna throw one more in there, which is Certified Information Technology Professional, CITP. That's administered by the AICPA, and it is a designation for CPAs that have demonstrated knowledge and skill set in the area of IT risk. So one of the things that the, the profession is changing over time um, for CPAs, um, and we're actually seeing the CPA exam is going to change in 2024. So it's been long held that there were four sections of the CPA exam, audit, financial accounting, regulation, which includes tax and business law, and then business and economics. So those are the four core standards that have been a part, part of the CPA exam for a long time. The new model is going to be, there's going to be a core three elements, which is accounting, audit, and tax. But then there's going to be a discipline approach where there's going to be some optional disciplines that candidates can test over. One of those disciplines is information systems and controls. So the CPA profession has identified cybersecurity and IT risk as a very prominent area um, for our skill set and our services and is adopting the CPA exam model to reflect the change in business need uh, and the change in, in the need to address that risk. So. Um, so those are the certifications that I think we wanted to go over. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Jesus? Uh, if you're looking for certifications in general, um, you can do a Google search for IT certification roadmap. There is multiple paths uh, that you can address and see what skill sets match your taste uh, from information security, network and cloud technologies, uh, management, which is uh, project management with a focus on, on IT projects, um, web application. There's a lot of different certifications. The one advice that I would give our listeners, anybody who's beginning this path, is look at those certifications uh, because those are valuable for for you to start mastering these different subjects that will lead you to have a successful career in, in, in any realm of IT. Well, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate your time in discussing cybersecurity careers. Um, we welcome um, all listeners and hope that we get more cybersecurity professionals um, within the industry. So thank you for your time and thank you for listening to another episode of Woodley Penn Talks. Mm -hmm.